You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, Around Atlanta edition. Showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the Around Atlanta edition. I am your host, Todd Schneck, joined by my co-host and friend, Carol Morgan. But to kick things off by thanking New American Funding for being our 2020 show sponsor, our 10th year on the year. It has been a great 2020 with them. It's been a lot of fun to partner with them, but we are very much looking forward to our partnership with them. This coming year, 2021, promises to be a great year with them. All right, Carol, uh, in our final episode of 2020, I uh, got a very relevant, very appropriate conversation. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to 2021. Boy, and I true. think our listeners are going to get a lot out of today's conversation. So I want to welcome back Peggy Ratcliffe, Executive Director and Founder of Live Thrive Atlanta. And she's going to talk to us today about CHARM, which is the Center for Hard to Recycle Materials. Welcome back, Peggy. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, Peggy. I do appreciate you joining us on New Year's Eve. A happy holidays to you and uh, grateful for you carving out a few minutes today to join us uh, and share some really critically important information. And uh, I'm sure we'll provide some counsel uh, on some things we can do better in the coming year. So before we do that, however, remind the audience a bit about you and your background and then uh, give us that overview of the uh, mission and purpose of Live Thrive Atlanta. Sure. Liz Rev Atlanta is an Atlanta-based nonprofit started in 2009, really with a vision to create community that cares about a healthy and sustainable environment. Through this process of over past 10 years, really, we developed our premier program called CHARM, the Center for Hard to Recycle Materials. And through these years, what we did prior to opening CHARM was annual household hazardous waste collections, which are things like electronics, paint, household chemicals, all of those things that are too harmful or too bulky to put at the curb. We realized pretty quickly of having those events that it was a lot more convenient for people as well as economically feasible to have a permanent drop-off facility so people could actually bring those things throughout the year at their convenience, such as after the holidays, instead of waiting for a once-a-year event because we all know that we don't like to clutter our garages and our crawl spaces and attics with things that we can't dispose of until next year because we forget about them. And then three years later, wow, we have a big mess, don't we? That is half of America right there. So true. (laughs) I tell you, it's always the struggle bus. My goal is to always like stay on top of the clutter and clean things out and take it to Goodwill or take it to, you know, the, the homeless shelter or wherever the, you know, highest and best use is. But, you know, then there's all that stuff that you want to recycle. And it's just, I mean, I can tell you right now, I know that there's a battery sitting under the shed beside my barn that I need to get someone stronger than me because it's from my tractor and it's really heavy to pick it up and to go with me to the recycle station where they'll take them. So I think sometimes it's just you've got the best intent, but it takes time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, between the Christmas tree and the boxes and the presents, Christmas always creates a huge mess. But my understanding is that Charm has a great solution this year. Tell us more about what you have available. 
Well, between the average American between Thanksgiving and Christmas creates 25 minimum, 25% more waste and things that could be recycled or reused. So we always have an annual cleanup uh, beginning the week after Christmas, December 29th for all of those things that you have around the house. All those Christmas lights that actually burned out and you had to go buy some new ones. So bring those Christmas lights, the wrapping paper that doesn't have glitter or metallic on it, ribbons, boxes, all of those new electronics that you got, you need to bring those on down, as well as the Christmas tree. We are a one for the chipper location as well. But the advantage, because we do have this permanent facility, is that you can bring down your Christmas tree from December 29th through January 20th. You will be able to bring those trees down. So all of the clutter that you've got in the house, the new clothes, replace those with the old clothes that you need to get out and you can bring those to us as well. So hopefully we'll be it will be a time to be able to clean up after the fun and bring everything down to us to either be reused or recycled. What a great service. And it's better than putting this in the trash can, right? And this doesn't necessarily need to go to the landfill. Walk us through why. Landfills, Georgia, unfortunately, Georgia has over 159 landfills, which coincidentally is the same as the number of counties. However, that's not per county. We actually have three in DeKalb County. So we have more landfills than any other state east of the Mississippi. That's not a good thing. So the more trash we create that we throw away, we're just filling up those landfills and having to create more. So the more that we can reuse and recycle, that's what we need to start doing. Yeah, great stuff. All right, so I get a new iPhone, maybe get a new laptop, maybe someone (laughs) replaces a, a television. What do we do with the old iPhone and the old laptop and the old televisions? Are, do you have options there as well? Absolutely. Anything that ever required electricity is considered an electronic and it can be recycled. A lot of people have fear of their personal information still being on that phone or on the laptop or on your, your computer tower. The organization that we work with actually puts it through three different magnets as soon as they lay hands on it to actually wipe out any information that was there. Laptops these days, what we're trying to do with those is we're doing it with partnership with Nova Solutions, who is our electronic vendor. We're trying to get those to kids who have need for laptops since because of virtual learning. Same thing with the telephones. We're trying to get those to people that need the phones or can actually use a phone to do virtual work or virtual learning. So it's really important that if you do replace something that you have electronic, whether it be laptop, cell phone, that you try to get it somewhere that can be recycled and get back in the hands of people who are desperately needing these things. TVs, you know, it's just funny now how the technology changes so quickly that the TV you have today may not work for all the things that you want to do. And people trade them in because they're not as expensive as they used to be flat screens. They are, it is something that can actually be broken down and all of the parts be recycled. Georgia is number two, actually, in the nation for remanufacturing recycled materials. And electronics is one of those things that we really need to break down and try to reuse all those natural resources, the, the copper, the platinum, the aluminum that are in those things instead of depleting our natural resources. Well, That's Carol, I, I'm sure you have a similar tale. And I know so many people who, when they replace a phone, 
they don't know what to do with it, right? right. And they're, yeah. and as, as uh, Peggy alluded to, sometimes they're just afraid of, of information being gleaned from it. But she walked through why that's no longer a concern. But but I, when my father passed away several years ago, when I, I came across the box that had like 35 old cell phones. <laughs> yep. right? you know, and, yep. and that's just not necessary. And, and in fact, there's value in those because as, as Peggy said, there's, there's recyclable materials that can be uh, and are desperately needed. So, I mean, uh, for those listening who are, you know, raise your hand if you're guilty of having a box of old cell phones and seven TVs stacked in a pile in the basement and all that. I mean, <laughs> there's just no no need for that. And a lot of good yep. can come from it. I actually think I have an old Blackberry sitting around somewhere <laughs> that I just haven't known <laughs> well, that's what to do. Valuable, so. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably just a, you know, relic. Well, you know, I think a lot of us have New Year's resolutions to leave a smaller footprint behind. Give us some tips on how to be more eco-friendly in 2021. Because, you know, part of it's really about pre-cycling, you know, not using the things you don't need and uh, thinking about, you know, smarter purchases. But I'm sure you have some great tips. That's exactly right. Point of purchase. You know, we all are an instant gratification society. So when we want something, we want it, we buy it. Don't think about how it's packaged or what we're going to do with it when we're done with it. And that's something that we work with a lot of kids. We really try to instill that in them that, you know, we really want this. However, you know, what is it packaged in? What are you going to do with what you have now? What are you going to do this with this when you're done with it? So always trying to reuse something or share it with someone that may not have the cell phone, the laptop, you know, it clothing. The average person owns 275 pounds of clothes, which blows my mind. However, you start thinking about all the t-shirts and the sweatshirts and all the things that kids have, all of those things, even if they're unusable as far as you're concerned, if they can't be given to someone else, they can be made into rags, dog beds, insulation. So there's, you know, organizations like ours that really try to take everything, stretch that rubber band, basically. How many times can it be used or what can it be turned into? So before you throw something away, start to think about, is there someone else that can use it or is there somewhere I can take this that possibly they can find another use? That's what we hope to teach people. That's one of our main goals. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. My son and his girlfriend over the spring and summer, because they were, you know, here here during COVID until they went back to uh, college, they did things like take T-shirts or old pillow cloths and put them around you know, the cat beds that, you know, maybe you can wash, maybe you can't. A lot of those cat beds say that they're machine washable, but you can't dry them. <laughs> so it really doesn't, you know, do you any benefit. But if you put a T-shirt over it or you put a pillowcase over it, you can take that off every week if you, you know, if you want and wash it. And things like taking like an old foam, maybe an old foam mattress topper and cutting that into kind of dog bed size pieces and then using old t-shirts or old sheets on those to make, you know, beds you can throw around the house. There's, there's lots of things you can do to reuse things. That's for sure. Absolutely. Just putting your thinking cap on. There's quite a few, you know, there's a YouTube for everything. And when you go in and Google, even with YouTube, there's a lot of ideas about how to reuse things around your house. Yeah. So like everything else this year, COVID impacted in positive and, and often negative ways. I imagine COVID had some impact on, on the work you do as well. It seems like glass has become almost impossible to recycle. Talk about what Charm does uh, with glass and what can be done there. And, and why, why is that hard to recycle now? 
really glass is in high demand. One of the country's largest remanufacturing of glass is here in Atlanta area. It's in College Park. It's called Strategic Materials. Recycled actually since we reopened in May, 145 tons of glass. And I think maybe that has something to do that we've been home and maybe consuming a little more than we usually do. I don't know. Um, No guilt. No guilt. Just make sure you recycle those things. Probably the challenge has been with curbside recycling. When you put glass in your curbside bin, I think we're all aware that every time you hear them dump your bin into the truck, you hear that glass break. So really, it's not that. The glass, it's not that glass doesn't have any value. It's that when it is, you know, intermingled or commingled with all of the other recycling, it loses its value because it's hard to capture once it gets to the materials recovery facility. That's where your truck goes and they dump it on a conveyor belt. It also contaminates some of the other materials in the curbside recycling. Like when it breaks down so much, it gets into the paper or the plastic that you have in your curbside bin. So the ideal situation with glass is to take it somewhere that it can be separated. The the metro area has done a lot in the recent year to try to recapture more glass. Um, I know that DeKalb County has several drop-off locations within a few parks. The city of Decatur actually gives you separate bins we take glass as well as the uh, DeKalb County Farmers Market. This is something that's an ongoing conversation to try to improve curbside recycling. But again, it depends on who picks up your curbside, where they take it, how it's sorted. But if you want to make sure that your glass is recycled, actually taking it to a drop-off facility is the best option because it does have great value. The you know, like I said, strategic materials. The few months, few weeks, and months we were closed. They were begging for more glass because it is something that, you know, we do have a lot of breweries here in the state of Georgia, as well as Dow Chemical is here that makes more glass as well as fiberglass insulation. So the demand is there. It's just recapturing it and recapturing it in a way that it is actually recyclable. New American Funding is committed to delivering home loans on time while providing five-star service. Their 14 business day close guarantee and fully underwritten pre-approval gives you an unbeatable one-two punch impossible for sellers to ignore. For more information on New American Funding, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. I may need to have an offline conversation with you about this because I live in the hinterlands <laughs> where we used to be able to recycle glass. And you could take it to one of the different, you know, drop-off stations. Right. And they actually stopped all recycling for a while during COVID. But now that they're right. recycling again, they are not accepting glass. And they're saying, unfortunately, they have no way to sell it, to just throw it in the garbage. Wow. And for an entire, very large county in northwest Atlanta. So I would love to see if there's any way for us to do some education and some lobbying, because if they could sell that for a profit, I'm sure they would sell it. Sure. And it's not a huge profit. You know, we receive probably about $10 a ton. 
And at the end of the day, it's not much. However, it's getting it back into the system to be recycled as opposed to, you know, it's, it's costly to have it imported from other states just to meet the demands that we have here for glass recycled glass. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. My understanding is that this particular county was selling most of the glass to China. And that okay, China yeah, we need to have an offer. It. Yes, I don't know that I believe a lot of what I'm being told, and I'm perfectly happy to go lobby. But anyway, we'll take that <laughs> offline. And I know Todd has a question. Yeah, Peggy, settle. I need you to settle a, a save the marriage question here. I mean, one of the things <laughs> that, that we're focused on in this household is trying to eliminate uh, the use of single-use plastics. Uh, mm-hmm. And when, when you realize how how much of that you use, it's almost mind-blowing. Yeah, you identify the chances where you can eliminate single-use plastics. But so I drink a lot of sparkling mineral water, and when we get it delivered to us, you can obviously choose bottles, glass bottles, or the plastic. What if, frankly, yet when I think about it, I don't really want to put any either of those back into the environment. But is there is one better than okay. the other of the two options? The way you tell the recyclability of a plastic is to look on the bottom, and there is a triangle, right. chasing arrows triangle, with a number in it. And probably the easiest way to understand what those numbers mean is a plastic one, which is usually something like what you're talking about, your sparkling water. Plastic one is the most recyclable Hmm. plastic. Actually, 33%, this is one of your little tidbits, 33% of all plastic beverage containers in North America come to Georgia to be recycled for the carpet industry. Hmm. which is kind of amazing. So the plastic one, regardless of where you live and recycle, curbside recycling, if you're multifamily home and they have recycling, plastic number one is always recyclable. There is a market for that. The other plastics, you know, and kind of think about it this way too, the numbers also mean the value. Is it less expensive to recycle it than it is to create a new one? So recycling plastic number one, I think you're familiar with the just a water bottle, how flimsy and thin it is. So it takes less energy to heat that up, to remold it, to reuse it than it does to actually put the labor and the raw material into making a new one. So as you go up in the numbers one through seven, that the cost is actually the energy that it takes to melt it, to remold it. So therefore, if it's less expensive, like oil is very low, the price of oil, petroleum, so that's what plastic is really made of. So if plastic is plastic number seven, it takes an enormous amount of heat to heat it up, as well as the environmental impact from the emissions from that. It's less expensive to take raw material and make new bulky plastics. So to answer your question as far as glass or plastic in that situation, if a plastic, if you have access to somewhere to drop off glass, that helps our economy and provides jobs in our own state, as well as plastic number one because of the carpet industry. So it's, if it's a one plastic, it can be recycled and create profit, basically. Got so it. and if it's glass, it's the same thing if you have a place to take the glass easily right. unless you live yeah. in the hinterlands where they're not taking it but that's okay i might just be bringing all of our glass to you because we've been saving it that's so funny so, okay come on down you know there's no judgment on those wine bottles i, I feel i feel guilty well some of it came from a, from some college kids who live off campus too who are all 21 and older but i'm like it looks like we got a whole bunch of you know drinking problems in this family so that's um, so funny everybody that comes in with a big 
tub of glass. It's like, no judgments, I promise. I'm just glad you brought it here. Because <laughs> everybody's ashamed. They're like, I didn't drink all this. It's not just me. So, well, you know, well, everyone COVID. knows when the schnicks are taking recycling out because it, the, the, the bag <laughs> jingles and rattles and <laughs> clinky clink of all the, oh, the heavy wine bottles. Yeah, so you always know it's us. Yeah, it's funny. So talk about some of the hard to recycle items that you'll accept for a fee. I think I noticed bulbs. I don't know that people really think about recycling light bulbs and some of the other stuff. So you know, what all can you take and what has a fee with it? The fees are to really recover the fees that it cost us. That's why there's not a million of these type facilities because it's very expensive to collect these type materials, such as the bulbs. The only bulbs that we take in are fluorescent tubes and the CFL light bulbs because they have mercury in them. That's why they're so dangerous to just throw into the trash. Um, all electronics, you know, it's another thing that you shouldn't just throw in the trash that like we talked about earlier, that some of the things can be recycled, but the old TVs, and we call them, maybe we shouldn't say this on the air, but big ass TV, bat, big TVs, bats, big ass TVs, those old ones that weigh 75 pounds, there is a lot of mercury and lead in those and they have to be specially handled. So that's why there's a fee with that. You know, some of the fees we charge, I'll give you an example. Last year, we spent almost $600,000 in processing fees and we made off the things that actually have some value. We only made $50,000. So the bad's always going to outweigh the good. And that's why we really have to try to capture some of these fees. Mattresses, which are things that people, you know, I used to think that's so disgusting. However, they can be um, broken down and actually sterilized, restuffed, refaced, and given to people like new habitat, perhaps humanity homes, or people that have been through fires or disasters, they can go back to. But it, there is a cost in paying someone to break that down. Tires, it's the same thing. You know, you do, you go pay when you buy new tires, you actually pay a fee for someone to take those and have them actually reprocessed. A lot of those tires end up illegally dumped. The state of Georgia has a serious problem with that. And a lot of it is there's just not a, enough code enforcement to chase these trucks down when, you know, they're illegally dumping. And it's usually not where you go and get your tire changed. It's usually the person that picks up that's supposed to be taking them to be recycled. So the problem with them creates a cost for the recycling. The paint and chemicals, you know, and hazardous waste is a scary term. However, the things that we have in our house that are flammable and dangerous, they are hazardous to our health is really what that hazardous means. Things like Roundup and other herbicides and pesticides that you have in your home, chemicals that you may use to clean up on your driveway, muriatic acid. People do that to, you know, take off paint and to clean their driveways. Or if there's been any, you know, spillage, they usually use that kind of stuff. A lot of just our household cleaners are actually have toxins in them. If you see a big, you know, a circle with a big X through it, it's, it's pretty scary when you start looking at what we purchase and that we use every day, and it actually is hazardous. So to, get, to reprocess or try to keep these things out of our water system, it, there's a cost with it. And that's the only reason we charge any fees is to try to recapture what we're spending since we are a nonprofit. Yeah, well, those fees are still nominal compared to the damage you're doing by sloughing the stuff Absolutely. off to the, to the landfill. So it's an investment worth making. And 
And I think we said this the last time we had you on the show, we're so grateful that, that the resource is there in Metro Atlanta to do away with a lot of the stuff that most people are, are bamboozled in what they actually do with and end up doing either bad with it or piling up in the basement or garage. So grateful to what you're doing. Right. Peggy, we, we got to wrap things up. Uh, before we let you go, uh, should anyone need to connect with you or learn more about all the uh, recycling opportunities with Live Thrive? But then also, where can they uh, just remind them again of the details of the holiday cleanup uh, through Charm? Okay, sure. You can reach us and find all the details out about our holiday cleanup and just our, our regular work days at Charm on our website, livethrive.org. There is a tab called Charm, but on our homepage, we will have all the details for the um, holiday event. It begins December 29th and runs through January 20th. You can bring your trees during that whole month. Any questions, please just don't hesitate to give us a call. All the information to contact us is on the website, livethrive.org. Peggy Ratcliffe, the executive director and founder of Live Thrive Atlanta, who administer the CHARM program. Peggy, as usual, it was great to have you. Thanks for sharing some valuable information and good luck and happy new year. Same to you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Pleasure is always ours. All right. Well, that wraps this week's Around Atlanta edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. It's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We'll look forward to seeing you again right here next year. Have a great, happy, and safe, happy new year. We'll see you then. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.